Welcome to Attorney Heart, the podcast focused on bringing awareness to and promoting attorney well-being. Join Attorney Heart as you embark on a journey to improve the quality of your professional and personal life. And now, here's your host, Fernando Flores. Looking up, there's always sky. Rest your head, I'll take you high. We won't fade into darkness. Hello, everyone. This is Fernando Flores, your host of Attorney Heart, and I want to welcome you to another episode. In today's episode, I'm really excited because Renee Munoz is a partner, along with Steve Franco, uh, of their law firm, Franco Munoz, and it is based in Oakland. And Renee has been practicing workers' compensation for a really long time, and he originally actually did workers' compensation defense. And now in his law firm, he's joined forces with his partner to uh, provide representation to injured workers. He talks very real about what it takes to grow your law firm in the first months and what it takes to, you know, the sacrifices that you are embarking in, the conversations that you have to have with your partner, both your law firm partner and your, your spouse as you engaged in this difficult and challenging and rewarding and awesome journey all at the same time when you are at first doing it all. Yeah, I really enjoyed talking with Renee about that and I hope that you do as well, all right? Also, just as a reminder, keep your uh, calendars open for May 19th, that's coming up for the Emotional Wellness Mastermind. And also on August 18th of this year, I really hope to see you at the One Day I Matter Now conference where it's gonna be focused on improving your health, increasing your wealth and enhancing your professional and entrepreneurial skills. It's gonna be a one day awesome, panelists, awesome conversations, just an exchange of ideas that you don't typically see, um, you know, people in the legal profession being exposed to. And so I really hope you you make it out and, and join. And you can be an attorney or you can be a future attorney or you can be in law school, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's going to be information that everyone uh, should really uh, be exposed to. So with that, let's go ahead and get into the episode. All right, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Attorney Heart. Thank you for listening in. I'm really, really excited to have our next guest, Rene Munoz. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Definitely, definitely. And Rene is actually uh, a partner and the owner of uh, his own law firm. And uh, we'll give a shout out to, to your partner uh, as well in a little bit. You can tell us more about who he is. And um, Renee, let's get into it and you know tell our listeners a little bit about why it was that you decided to to get into the law, a law practice. Well, I, I think it's going to be well I, I, for a lot of reasons. For me, um, it was a little bit of accident, a little bit of a grit, and a little bit of kind of just figuring it out. Um, so, like you, I'm from Pasadena. I don't know if everyone knows, but we're actually from in the same neighborhood. Uh, I wasn't exactly the greatest high school student. Um, I almost dropped out of high school. Um, I didn't go to college uh, straight out of um, straight out of high school. Um, so you know, I was kind of discouraged. wasn't the greatest student, and I was sitting around at the house one day. My mom, you know, looks at me and she says, "You're sitting on the couch," um, and she says all of this in Spanish. She says, "I don't know what you're going to do, but you're either going to work or you are going to go uh, to school." So I said, "You know what, mom." I'm going to go to work. And so I went downtown to the, um, in LA and there was this place called the loading docks. It's the uh, produce market. 
and I spent about two weeks loading and unloading boxes of lettuce that weighed 40 pounds wow. in and out of garage, uh, in and out of freezers and you know to different uh, warehouses throughout um, downtown LA and it was awful and so those two weeks uh, taught me that um, you know that wasn't for me and so I went and I stood and my mom says well what are you gonna do and I said well I'm gonna go to PCC Pasadena City College and enroll and uh, she says, well, go stand in the line and figure it out. I spent the entire day failing to enroll at PCC just because I couldn't figure out which line was the correct one just to enroll. When I do enroll, um, you know, you have to take a placement test. And they tell me that I am not in any college level uh, courses. I'm remedial in everything, wow. from English to math. Um, so it was really discouraging for me. But that said, I did it anyway, and I actually ended up plugging through, and um, eventually, uh, I um, you know started doing what's called an I get these sheet, and um, they say, well, you know, you're you know you've been here two and a half years, and it looks like you're getting ready to transfer. So they give me a transfer sheets, and you know they give me these applications for free, and I get this fee waiver. And at the time, you could apply to the, like five different UCs, and I um. You know, I didn't know. I just kind of went eeny, meeny, miny, mo, and I just kind of picked. And then I started getting acceptance letters from various community, uh, not community colleges, but UCs. Mm. I didn't know any of them. I had never seen anything. And the only thing I did know was UC Santa Barbara. And the only reason I knew UC Santa Barbara is because I had heard the name. Uh, at that point, my world was really, really, really small still. I didn't, uh, I didn't know what Cal was. I didn't know what UC Berkeley was. I had no idea what any of this meant. Um, all I knew was that Santa Barbara was on the beach and it sounded like a nice place to go. So I said, well, I'll go to UC Santa Barbara. And uh, the first day of classes, uh, I drove up there. You know, I got up at you know, five in the morning to drive up to, to UC Santa Barbara. Don't even have a place to live yet. And you know, parked my car with all my stuff and went to class. And so that's how my trip to UC went. From there, uh, from there, uh, my, um, you know, I started taking classes. And again, um, I failed my very first history class, that I did, my very first history midterm. And it was really shocking to, that, to me because at that point I had developed kind of this, uh, this ability to kind of just pass classes and do really well. And I was used to that. I wasn't used to the level of competition that was at a UC at that point. Um, so, you know, I went to this transfer, not to a transfer center, but I went to the tutors and I started talking to them and they said, well, this is what you did wrong. This is how you study for a UC type exam. And I eventually got it. Uh, but it, there was a lot of failure. Um, you know, and some, and at some point I start, you know, going around the tutoring session, I start seeing, you know, potential, you know, what's after this, because I don't know how I'm going to get a job. So, you know, I go to, at the time, there was a resource center, and I started looking at these books about uh, practicing law. And frankly, for me, I didn't know anything about the law. I didn't know anything. I did, I'd never met a lawyer. So I went to the Santa Barbara, so the only thing I could think of was to go down to the Santa Barbara courthouse. And I saw this uh, judge's name, and his name was Frank Ochoa. And Frank Ochoa, or Judge Ochoa, excuse me, was the head judge at the Santa Barbara City Courthouse, or the county courthouse down there. And 
it, I'm not going to. And, and so I'm sitting there and, I'm, and I walk into the courtroom. This is the first time that I had been to a court for either not being in trouble or, or uh, a traffic ticket or something like that. You know, it was always a, a bad situation. But this time I kind of just walked in and then I, it was nearing lunch. And, uh, you know, I, I go to, you know, Judge Ochoa and I tell him, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a junior in college. I don't know what to do. Um, you know, and I see that maybe I want to be a lawyer. And so Judge Ochoa says, well, come here. And he brings me back in his chambers. I'd never been past the bar, let <laughs> alone, um, you know, into a judge's chambers. You know, it's this, you know, it's this, you know, it's this cool room with mahogany walls. And, you know, I'm sitting there and Judge Ochoa, you know, this stately looking man, but Latino man, like he just looks like something like, like he was, uh, like he owned a hacienda at some point in his life. <laughs> and, um, and uh, you know, he talks to me and he gives me this, this riveting speech. He says, you know, law is the tapestry that, that keeps, you know, our society together. It's what, you know, we, what makes our society great. Um, it's what, you know, makes everything happen. And he gave me this great speech. And at that point I was like, all right, I'm in. And I'm going to be a lawyer. I want to be that guy. And to this day, um, I, actually, I actually had an appearance uh, when I was a young lo younger lawyer um, in 2007. I actually got the chance to have an appearance. And Judge Ochoa didn't even know me. And I kind of walked in and I said, do you remember me? And Judge Ochoa says, no, counsel, I don't. And I said, about five years ago, or four years ago, you brought me into chambers and I wanted you to know that you are the reason that I decided to go to practice law and I passed the bar and I'm now a lawyer and I, want to, and, and I have you to thank for it. And, and, and that was the, the guy that um, inspired me to go to practice law. So thank you, Judge Ochoa. Uh, uh, I am grateful to you. Um, yeah, that's I, don't, I don't have any contact with him. He's still in Santa Barbara, um, I think. But yeah, I, I am forever grateful to that man. For that's that, awesome. just, taking the, just taking the time to bring me in. You know, and I'll, that's definitely uh, a thread that I've seen in, in conversations that I've had a lot of times, especially coming from an immigrant background, right? You don't necessarily see uh, those uh, mentors when you're starting out but when you do and you have those kinds of conversations and you see the, the the power and the influence that you can have on other people's lives as an attorney as an advocate then you, you get you're in right like you said like in that moment you were in man. look yeah judge I, I, I believe you and you know and I thank him every day because if it wasn't for him I, and other people as well I never did this by myself and um, never became a lawyer by myself. And there's been tons of people that saw a certain spark in me or saw um, a certain level of hunger um, to do better that have always been willing to help me. And that's still true to this day. Mm -hmm. Every day that I'm around, um, people see something in me um, and that are willing to help. Yeah. Like, and, that's, and that's the reality. This thing is you never stop getting help, ever. Yeah. That's true. That's true, Renee. I agree with that 100%. And I mean, and if you want to continue growing and developing your skills, right, you got to be willing to ask for help and, you know, willing to listen to any advice that is given to you. And I want to ask you, because you're in a different, uh, 
you, you know, you're, you're, you've been practicing for a while and now you're in a position where you're not just practicing, you're running a business now also, Renee. And I want to ask you something about that. And, you know, tell us a little bit about your, your law firm, you know, what it is that you're working and also a little bit about who your partner is. I, I mean, I've known uh, your partner, Steve Franco, for a long time. I don't know if you knew this, but we go back to uh, UC Berkeley yeah. undergrad days. So, he, you know, you know yeah, he has nothing but good things to say about you. Um, <laughs> so the way first, um, so we are Franco Munoz. Uh, Steve Franco and Rene Munoz, and we are a workers' compensation um, applicant side uh, uh, law firm. What that means is that we represent injured workers who are, are looking to get benefits from the workers' compensation benefit system and are frustrated with the process or simply just don't know how to navigate it. So what we do is we help those injured workers uh, make sure that they get the benefits to which they're entitled. Okay. Uh, so uh, we've done that. We also do some employment law and some uh, personal injury as well. Uh, but the, the bread and butter for us in terms of what we do and the real meat and potatoes of what we do is uh, workers' compensation. Um, with respect to Steve, Steve I've known or, well, I met Steve approximately three or four years ago. And uh, the way we met, uh, we actually met in court and we were actually adversaries. Uh, I've been wow. practicing, yeah, yeah. So we met actually in trial. Uh, and, you know, I've, I'd always seen them because there's not that many Latino lawyers out there. And there's especially, in, in, in our world, it's a, small, um, it's a small community of lawyers. It's a Are very recurring. Yeah, so you see each other regularly. You see everybody, you know, you'll, the, the same players will be around. So if you're not a member of that local community, they will know you and they will, you know, they'll know whether or not you, you're practicing either in that, air, in that particular court or um, in the, that particular uh, area of law. Um, it's really easy to find out whether or not someone knows, or knows what they're doing or not really quickly. So, um, I uh, met Steve and, you know, we, started, we had a case together and we were set for trial and, and Steve says that initially he didn't like me because I was a little brash, which <laughs> might be true. Um, I have a very different style than Steve and Steve is more, uh, you know, he's more put together. He's, you know, he's very, um, you know, he, he, if you want a guy that presents well, uh, there's nobody better than Steve as far as I'm concerned. Steve yeah. is an outstanding, in terms of presentation, he is outstanding. Uh, so, and he's also an outstanding lawyer and I, you know, we kind of developed a mutual respect for each other after that case, you know, we'd see each other again and, you know, we kind of would talk, you know, we'd see, we'd look around and it was pretty obvious that at that point there weren't that many new law firms on our side. Um, you know, most of the firms had been around for quite some time and there hadn't been really new blood with maybe the exception of one law firm, the most, most of them had been around forever. And so we started talking about this and, you know, we, you know, one day we went out to lunch and we started talking about this and we said, you know, well, what do you think about us doing our own thing? And so we did. And, um, you know, we, you know, we, we started the planning process, you know, we figured out, well, how are we going to get the money? Uh, how are we going to, uh, you know, have a business plan? It wasn't like we just jumped in. We really thought it through. Um, we did research. You know, and Steve um, is a book reader. He said, you know, read this book, read this book, read this book. And we read those books. Um, and so everything from how to run a business, because, you know, we, 
you know, we had, we had to kind of figure out how we were going to make this business work. And so far, so good. Um, you know, we are in the middle of it, so I don't know if we've reached any sort of level of success at this point, um, but I'm optimistic. Yeah. So that's kind of what we do um, in, in a nutshell. Uh, I, I love it. I have to tell you, it's such a unique way of meeting your partner at a law firm. I have not heard of uh, two partners coming together where at one point they were opposing counsel, <laughs> you know, in, in trial. But that, honestly, you see how they work, you see how they present, and that's a very intimate way of getting to know someone. I mean, I still remember a lot of my opposing counsel from trial, and um, there's definitely some that I would consider working with on that level. There's some that I wouldn't. <laughs> no, no. And you, so you got you know, kind of look, you, you know, first of all, the main thing is, does this person know what they're doing? Um, for, and, you know, we both had a unique set of skill sets. First of all, the uh, big chunk of the population that we serve is Spanish-speaking Latinos. Mm -hmm. And the reality is that there's just not that many um, attorneys that are bilingual that can actually service that community and really, really understand that community. Both Steve and I are coming from immigrant backgrounds. My mother came here, she's an un she came here undocumented way back before I was born. Actually, she was pregnant with me. And, you know, it, and to this day is a working woman. She cleans houses. These parents, the same thing. Um, you know, they're, you know, they're hardworking people. So we get that community. Um, not everybody does. And, and that's not to say that you can't service it, but it definitely gives us uh, a, an, an advantage in the, in the way that we understand our clients and in, in, in the way that others don't. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely a good point. And, uh, I mean, definitely an advantage in that regard because you both speak Spanish, right, Rene? Claro. También hablo inglés y español. All right. <laughs> awesome, Rene. And although Steve gets on me and says that my Spanish has to improve, it's, it's, again, Steve has superior Spanish to me, and I hate to admit that, but he does. <laughs> well, you've admitted it, and it's on the record now, counsel. Yeah, it's on the record. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you, you know, because I've also connected with a lot of uh, solo practitioners who have their own business, who started the, their business on their own. Have you found a particular benefit in having a partner? Because it's, it's the two of you, right? Just the two of you. Yes. Okay. So, 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 this is about that. so, so for me, um, first of all, workers' comp is a different type of practice in the sense that it's more volume-based. Um, you know, in a civil, in a typical uh, civil uh, case, you you have about maybe a heavy caseload would be about 30 cases, right? Mm -hmm. or, um, for workers' comp, a heavy caseload is about 200 per attorney. Wow. So uh, there's a lot of moving parts to manage. So it doesn't work in the same way as civil litigation. So for us, um, you know, and that includes you going to appearances, going to depositions, um, all of that stuff uh, takes up time and is away from the office. So for us, we just kind of, it, it made sense to us. And I don't, I don't see how anyone else could do it um, where you could actually both manage a business and practice of law without help. I just, I just couldn't see how you could do that. So for me, I just needed a partner that I could trust that had the same skill set as me um, and had different skill sets as me. And also just the double, um, you know, network. A lot of our clients are coming from referrals. So we're bringing in, we're, you know, we have two different networks that have kind of come together and created a firm. Um, so for us, it, it just made sense, um, I, I, you know, because you, you still have a business to run. 
You still have appearances to make. You still have phone calls to return. And at the same time, you still have, uh, you know, in the beginning, we're still doing, licking our own stamps. We're doing all the administrative stuff. To do that and do all of it well is difficult with two partners. I couldn't imagine doing it on, on my own. That's not to say that people, that people don't do it and they can't be successful, but for us um, to really kind of, you know, be able to develop both business and, you know, practice law at a high level, we felt that we needed to. Yeah, I appreciate that perspective, Renee. That's, that's really important, especially because, um, you know, if anyone's thinking about starting their own law firm, you know, to also bring that particular, especially in workers' comp, right? Bring right. that particular uh, analysis into the equation, should, you know, yeah. would be a good idea. And um, something that I want to I want to refer back to that you mentioned was, in the planning stage, you know, when you were busy doing the research, doing the reading, uh, doing the planning and preparation, do you feel there was something that you underestimated when you actually implemented? I know you're in it right now, but um, I think it's a great point to connect with you on because you're in it, you know, you're, you're in ground zero. And so was there something that you feel you underestimated? I think what I really underestimated was the sheer level of it. I will say this, when I hire my secretary, or when I hire an administrative assistant, you know, I underestimated the amount of work that they do. Mm-hmm. And they're essential. Uh, I, you know, when I was working defense and, and I, you know, had an assistant, I would, you know, write a letter, I would dictate a letter, and it would magically get sent off. <laughs> um, it would just go, you know, get served, um, it would be filed, things would be, you know, filed with the court magically, and then my file was neatly put um, I severely underestimated the value of a, an assistant or a secretary or a good paralegal. Um, you read when you're sitting there and you're licking stamps and you're, you know, you're sending out envelopes, you don't realize how much time you're spending doing that and how much that does and how much that um, assistant will free up for you um, when you're doing that. So for me, you know, I, I know that a couple of days was a, administrative assistance day. But what I will tell to, you know, uh, potential entrepreneurs and also um, the current lawyers that uh, aren't entrepreneurs and are, and, you know, are working for firms or in other areas of practice, uh, really appreciate your secretaries. Um, I did not know how much work um, went into it because I never bothered to pay attention to it because it just magically happened for me. I had my, everything was filed for me. Um, you know, uh, letters were, you know, you know, even they worked the margins for me. I didn't do any of that. Now I'm sitting there and it's, you know, if, if something didn't get mailed out, if something didn't get filed and served, it's on me and it takes a sheer amount of time. We're here till midnight every day doing part of the administrative stuff and part of, you know, just the practice of law. Oh, and by the way, we still have to do business development. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you have uh, yeah. like three or four jobs in one. Wow, that, that, those are long shifts, Renee. Yeah, we, we, we show up at usually around 9, 9.30 and we're here often till about, uh, you know, 11.30, 12. Um, it's not uncommon for us to do that. Keep in mind though, we're only three months old. We don't intend on doing this forever, um, but you know, we are a brand new firm and we are, you know, right, right now we simply can't afford to do it. Uh, and, you know, we need, you know, part of this 
that's part of the process and that's one of the stumbling blocks to starting a firm is that especially in workers comp or contingency based uh, law firms is that you have to plan for not making any money for some time. We kind of anticipated this. Uh, so we were aware of it and we kind of, we knew what we were getting into, but you know, we didn't realize how much work it was with respect to the administrative aspect of it. At least I did. Right. You know, I knew, I knew the, the practice of law was hard and I knew the business development part was hard, but the administrative part is equally hard. I think the moral of that story is appreciate your support staff, your secretaries, Absolutely. your paralegals, because Absolutely. it makes a difference. Oh, you know, your receptionist, your receptionist, receptionist, even someone answering the phone and doing the intake, all of that stuff is, is yeah. and you don't realize how much time they're freeing up for you until, yeah. um, until someone, until you're doing it and you're trying to, you know, write a letter and at the same time answer to the phone. It just, you know, it just is really difficult. And yeah. so go out there and thank your administrative uh, support staff. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned in terms of uh, another component that you have to do in addition to the litigation, the trial practice, and the administrative work is that business development component, right? Mm -hmm. So let me, let me talk to you a little bit about that. You know, you are, again, a newer firm. What are some steps that you feel have been helpful in that regard? You mentioned already word of mouth, right? That, and then you're bridging two different networks together. Um, right. Yeah, talk a little bit more about how you're, you're leveraging that. So, so first of all, um, you know, when you're going to go into business, what I've, developed, what I've determined is you kind of have to be shameless about it. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, don't be bashful about it. Um, you know, once you're out there, put your name out there and, 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 you know, make sure that people know who you are and what you do, uh, because no, you know, you can be the greatest lawyer in the world. You can be Johnny Cochran reincarnated, you know, you can be the best trial lawyer in the world. And I've seen some great, you know, trial lawyers that aren't very, very good businessmen. And it's because they don't necessarily, oh, actually businessmen and women, there are outstanding lawyers that um, that sometimes are not good business people. Um, so part of it is putting yourself out there. If you you know put yourself out there, say I am this, I am that. Um, you have to engage in social media. Uh, you know, but you also have to be aware of your social media image. You know, at this point, if you're if you're you know if you're an attorney, act like one, own it, be it. Um, you know, that doesn't mean that you lose your, your other aspect of your life, but for business purposes, people want their lawyers to generally act like lawyers. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's that. Um, you know, there's also doing your research, figuring out how you're going to find your clients and figuring out what, where your clients are. I mean, Steve and I have been up at four in the morning and gone from West Oakland all the way down to Hayward, Hayward just putting up our flyers into laundromats um you know it was very grassroots we're also you know we also put on uh you know presentations for for work groups as well so it's a lot of grassroots a lot of network and some um you know internet advertising you're gonna have to pay some money you know rent you're gonna have to figure out whether that works for you know your audience and know how you can reach them and so that takes a lot of uh work to do mm -hmm. that's that's a yeah I, I, I agree with all of that. <laughs> and definitely the, the, and the grassroots, uh, it, it, you know, I feel it's just 
covering your 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 bases, right? And um, and do you tend to also uh, ever consider this is a strategy that I also learn from other attorneys who have their own law firms, but uh, community presentations or anything like that? Yes. So we just did one Saturday, and we were scheduled to do several. Uh, we were oh, cool. constantly reaching out. We have our PowerPoint. You know, we have a couple PowerPoint presentations that are ready to go. Um, should you know people want to meet them, and you know we tag team. Steve and I come out, and we we're willing to speak to groups and tell them about the workers' compensation system. Oh, that's um, cool. you know, we take we take it for granted that 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 you know the workers' compensation system is something that everybody understands. The reality is is that um, your average worker does not understand it, and, and so just this overview kind of brings it to light and gives them an understanding of some of the um, concepts that. Uh, push the, you know, the practice of workers' comp. As, a, as an initial tip on that, you know, if somebody does get injured in the workplace, Renee, what are, what are a couple of considerations that somebody should keep in mind? You need, they, they, they should probably know that it's okay to file a workers' compensation claim. Mm. I, I think that's the first thing that people are scared of, is I don't know if I should. Well, the workers' compensation system is a benefit payer system. And, and a lot of people say, I don't want to sue my employer. Well, you're not suing your employer. You're actually just seeking your benefits. Um, you know, so that's, I think, the first thing that people need to understand is that you're not suing your employer. You're, you're actually um, seeking benefits. And they don't realize that a lot of times. The other thing is, is of course, is that sometimes that you do have bad actors. You have, uh, you know, employers that aren't happy if you file a workers' comp claim. You know, and, and sometimes you have to wonder to yourself, do you really want to work at a place that doesn't value you? Um, so there's some of those things that you really need to take into consideration. Some people really like their job, you know, and sometimes they want to maximize their benefits but want to keep their job. And those kind of uh, sometimes are at odds with each other because if you really want to maximize the true value of your case but you want to go back to your job, uh, sometimes that means that, if, that you have to get, you know, higher permanent disability which may mean more job restrictions, which may mean that your employer may not take you back. So those are some of the things that you need to take into consideration is how bad, you, how much do you really like your job? Because if you meet, and how much do you want to increase the value of your case? Because if you want to increase the value of your case, but at the same time, um, you know, you want to stay in your job, that's going to be a, you know, a difficult proposition. That's not to say that it's impossible, but you know, the reality is that at some point, those will be at odds. Not for every, you know, it usually comes up with police officers who really like their jobs, you know, and they have back problems and they, you know, they want to stay on for quite some time because they either have a pension or just because they love being police officers, firefighters, the same thing, teachers, people that don't, you know, want to quit their jobs right. um, because they are injured. So those, so those are some of the people that, that um, have to take those things into consideration. You have to know what your goals are. Okay, cool. That's, thanks for those tips. I mean, you know, any attorneys that are listening and, um, you know, may run into submission. It's good to know a couple of, of tips in that particular area, you know. Right. Um, one thing, Renee, you know, you focus on, on making sure that you, you, you and your, your partner um, represent workers who, you know, have been injured. And one of the things that we talk about a lot on this podcast, Attorney Heart, right, is maintaining wellness in our own lives. I mean, you have really long shifts right now. Right. Can, you, can you talk a little bit about what you are trying to implement in your own life or in this period, do you feel that kind of has been put aside in terms of maintaining your wellness as you ramp up? 
Well, 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 right now, this is definitely a ramp up uh, stage. Um, you know, but this is something that our part, my partner and I discussed before we got into this. We mm. knew that this was going to be a short term sacrifice. We expected about a year's worth of this before, um, you know, we kind of didn't, um, before we'd move on and transition to a more healthy lifestyle. This lifestyle isn't sustainable. Okay, we acknowledge that. Um, but that's the sacrifice that we immediately decided uh, needed to happen. Um, you know, there are sacrifices that you need to make. Just like law school, it's not sustainable to study for the bar for, you know, 24 seven for, 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 for the entire uh, duration of your life. It's just not, it's not, You're, you know, attorneys, that's why we have uh, issues with attorneys and substance abuse. Uh, because we have unhealthy attorneys that you know are having heart attacks and dying, you know, sooner. Uh, suicide issues with attorneys. Um, so acknowledge that this isn't sustainable. We know that, and we are very aware of that. And this isn't a forever plan. So whether or not that will pan out, talk to me in a couple of years. But that's not the plan right now. Um, we know that this is a short-term uh, part of our lives. And, and frankly, my wife is pregnant. And she's about to have my firstborn in June. Oh, congratulations, Ryan. Uh, so, yes, thank you. Um, so, you know, I, I want to be here for my child's life. I want to see Little League games. I want to see, you know, you know if, if he goes to recitals and, you know, puts on a play. I want to see that, and I want to be around for that. And, and so finding balance is something that uh, right now I don't have, but hopefully – in the next couple of years, actually, I've actually earned the, the right to do that. Oh, I think, you know, uh, I mean, you, yeah, definitely. You, you, have, you have the right for that, but I do see that you're trying to achieve your goals as well of growing your business. And a lot of attorneys want to do that. A lot of attorneys want to be where you're at, actually. You know, you mentioned earlier, you know, have I achieved, you know, this, this level of success? But, I mean, you're in it. You know, you've taken the, the, the risk, the time, the energy, the investment to start your own business. And, you know, in my eyes, you're both definitely successful and continuing every day. I know it's a grind. <laughs> I know how that is. Also, you know, growing my own business, but um, yeah, you know, kudos to, to both of you and, and definitely. You. Um, and, you know, I see a lot of people, uh, I don't really feel particularly successful that, but that's because I've set my goals somewhere else. Um, and I think that, you know, well, hopefully I, I, I achieve the success that I'm looking for. Um, but, but no, I, I acknowledge that it's really hard to do this. Um, sometimes I wonder if had I known how hard it was going to be, whether I actually would have done it. But, but, it's, but, but actually I do, because I think it, it's going to be worthwhile. I also have a very supportive wife and, and, a, and you know, a supportive partner and, and a family that's really behind me, friends that are really supportive of this. And, and you know, uh, it's, you know, a lot of friends that I lean on and pick their brains. I have a couple of other friends that have done this and broken off and done their own thing. And I ask them questions and they always let me know, hey man, call me, call me. My buddy Anthony Day in Southern California, shout out to you, I appreciate you. Matt Talbot, who does Wills and Trust, shout out to you, man. You guys, awesome. you know, they always talk to me. Even, you know, non-law friends. I have a, a friend, Steve Hart, he's got his own business that he opened up since Cal. Uh, and you know, he's extremely successful and, and I pick his brain all the time. And that's something that I think a lot of lawyers don't want to do, but don't, don't be scared to ask. Um, entrepreneurs get how hard it is and they, if they can share you share information with you, they will. Yeah. I think in the terms of the business growth aspect of it, I've definitely had to reach out, um, you know, 
to really learn like the most cutting edge tips and what, you know, what strategies entrepreneurs are using outside of the legal field. Cause again, you know, we don't always get that. So, right. um, cool. Renee. So I wanted to, uh, two more questions for you. The first sure. one is, all right, someone that is interested in, you know, uh, starting their own business, taking the leap, what two pieces of advice would you give them? And then secondly, if somebody wanted to reach out to you and either you know collaborate with you or, or refer a client, can you give us your information, your contact information? Sure. So, so we'll start with the second part. Um, it's 510-257-4141. We are Franco Munoz. You can also email both Steve and I at info at Franco, F-R-A-N-C-O, Munoz, M-U-N-O-Z dot com. Cool. So those are two ways that you guys can reach out. Or you can just email me directly at Munoz at FrancoMunoz.com. You can also find us at FrancoMunoz.com. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, we have a Facebook page. Uh, we're on Yelp. There are many avenues to reach out on. You know, or they can contact you and then they can call me. Whatever feels comfortable. I'm always willing to talk to people. Awesome. Uh, I'll include that information on the show notes for sure. Absolutely. And the other part? Was, uh, two tips that you would give to someone who's thinking of making the leap into launching their own business. Okay, the first first one is is don't reinvent the wheel. Um, uh, there are tons of people here that um, are willing to help you that have been through the path that you are trying to go through. So uh, you know, look at them and copy whatever it is that they're doing that works. Um, don't reinvent the wheel. That said, don't be scared to innovate, okay? And improve on what they've already, um, they, what they've already worked on. So, you know, take, listen to them. You know, they, they are a great foundation. But also, don't be scared to innovate. Don't be scared to take a risk. Um, this, is an, this is a risky endeavor, um, whether it's, but it's a calculated risk. So don't be scared to do that. So first tip, don't reinvent the wheel. And then kind of tell, and then moving on to that is, but once you, just because you don't reinvent the wheel doesn't mean you don't innovate and you don't make that wheel better. You don't smooth that wheel out better. You don't add grease to that wheel. Whatever it is that you can do to make what's already been invented better, do it. I love it, Renee. I think those are great, great points and, um, you know, definitely tips to, to follow. So yeah. Renee, I want to thank you for being on, on the show. I really appreciate your time. I know you're very busy and you keep a very tight schedule. So again, thank you and best of luck to both you and Steve. I look forward to continuing to see your journey, continue, continuing to see your growth. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll connect uh, in the future for sure. Absolutely. Have a good one. All right. Take care, Renee. Bye. Hi, everyone. Fernando here again to thank you for listening in to another Attorney Heart episode. If you like this episode, please make sure to give it a thumbs up. And if it can benefit anyone that you know, please share it. Attorney Heart is brought to you by iMatterNow. I-M-A-T-E-R-N-O-W. Please make sure to check our website at imatternow.com. Again, I-M-A-T-E-R-N-O-W.com. And join iMatterNow's Facebook page. Follow us for future events and additional resources. Every day presents an opportunity to engage in self-care. And remember that it is not selfish to take care of your well-being. It is necessary. So take care and connect with you on the next Attorney Heart episode.